Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. As a Christian, we have God in us. God. God. So what does that mean? Well, there's a statement I want you to write, and I'd like you eventually to transfer it to your Bible, because I think it's huge for us. Sometimes we get this thing called life wrong. So I want you to write this down. Life is not just about the destination. Well, Pastor Mike, I'm a Christian. I'm going to go to heaven. I don't really care about anything else. Are you crazy? Of course you do. Life is not just about the destination, but it's who you're doing life with. It's hard to live this life, isn't it? We struggle to do and say the right things with varying degrees of success. God, however, knew he couldn't do this life alone, so he sent the Spirit. Just as he did with Jesus, the Spirit helps us to know God's will. In the process of teaching from Luke, Pastor Mark will be reminding us of the various roles of the Holy Spirit and how he helped Jesus. Jesus spent a lot of time praying, which allowed him to hear from the Spirit, giving him direction for what he was to do and say. Listen to what's being said and ask God to help you apply these principles to your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Matthew with his message, The Holy Spirit, Essential to Jesus and Us. Now, this morning, you have a young, short, good-looking man that's teaching you. Which one did you disagree with? Come on. But who is really teaching you? Yeah, see, people don't understand it. Well, Pastor Mark, it's your words. Yeah, but it's the Holy Spirit that's applying it. See, he's illuminating these truths to your heart. I'm just the go-between. I use his word, which never returns void. But I'm just an agent. I'm just like you. Just a gift God gave me to be a teacher. So the one that's teaching you, it shouldn't be difficult. He's the one that wrote it. He knows how to... So all of a sudden, he illuminates, and it jumps out the way. For some of you this morning, you'll walk out of here, never realize that God lives in you 24-7. And all these benefits... You've never taken advantage of. You've never turned the phone on. He reminds me. By the way, the older you get, that's important. You young people, quit laughing. He reminds you. He reminds you. Often when I'm speaking, boom, a scripture comes to mind of something. Not in my notes. Every service is different. It's great because God's dealing with different people. So understand, by the way, he can't remind you if you never knew it. That should cause something to happen. That means the more I know the word, the easier to remind me, amen? Here's the next one. The Holy Spirit comforts me, 2 Corinthians 1.3. Life is hard. 
you and I will need comfort often. When Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. As he was there, he said to his disciples, I'm going inside to pray. You wait out here and pray for me. When he finished the first part of his prayer, he went out to find his disciples. What did he find his disciples doing? Did Jesus need comforting at that point? Yeah, he was grieved. Why? He poured three years into these guys. At the darkest moment, they're clueless. Well, who comforted Jesus? The Holy Spirit. See, you and I will need that. We get hurt. We go through difficult things. God is the God of all comfort. Maybe you need it this morning. You're sitting here going through all this. No, no, you're not doing it alone. You're ne- he will never leave you. He's there to bring us comfort this morning. Come together. Come alongside. Support us. See, most people, when you read comfort, they, they don't realize that God is interested in every detail of our life. Every single detail. He sees He knows all about our troubles. He's not clueless. He's God. Next. The Holy Spirit leads and guides me. John 16, 13. If there's anything everyone needs, it's guidance and direction in life. You see, God's got you covered. God knew that we could not do this life alone. We needed someone to lead and guide us. That someone doesn't have to be recharged with his batteries. You don't have to learn anything about how to operate it. It's personal. You ask him, God, I don't know what to do. What should I do here? God speaks to us from inner promptings, from the word of God. You see, I need to know the will of God, where to go, when to go, what to do, when to take a step, when not to take a step. I don't know those things. God does. God does. Next, the Lord helps me pray. Romans 8, 26. You see, sometimes in life we simply don't know what to pray or how to pray. We get in a difficult situation. Other times you know this because we all are guilty of this. Sometimes my prayers are very selfish. I don't think of others. Other times I pray, but it's a formal kind of thing. Oh, God, bless us, and there's no faith in it. See, God wants us to pray with faith. He wants us to pray not just for ourselves, but for others. And he wants us to pray his will. Now, when you think about all of this, that you and I have, as a Christian, we have God in us. God. God. So what does that mean? Well, there's a statement I want you to write. And I'd like you eventually to transfer it to your Bible, because I think it's huge for us. Sometimes we get this thing called life wrong. So I want you to write this down. Life is not just about the destination. Well, Pastor Mike, I'm a Christian. I'm going to go to heaven. I don't really care about anything else. Are you crazy? Of course you do. Life is not just about the destination, but it's who you're doing life with. Of course, if I'm married, I'm going to do it with my spouse. I have friends. We have small groups. We love to do all this together. But ultimately, who am I doing life with? God, the Holy Spirit. It's important. It's essential. It's personal. Many of you don't do life with God. You show up on Sunday. That's it. 
You're the one hurting. He's there. He lives in you. He's ready to help, comfort, guide, direct, prayer, you name it. Now, I want you to turn to John chapter 20. You're not far from there. As you turn there, let me explain a little bit to you. This is after Jesus goes to the cross. He's resurrected, and he starts meeting with his disciples. And watch what he does. John 20, verse 21. And again, Jesus said, talking to his disciples, he's meeting with them privately, peace be with you. Of course, they're amazed that he's risen. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, I want you to look at me. What was Jesus saying? When Jesus came to this earth, the Father sent him here. He became a man. He put skin on. He came to show us what God was like. He came to model the life for you and me. That's why we're going through the book of Luke. We get to see how we're to do life. And he came to die on the cross. So he says, as the Father sent me, it wasn't about me. It was about changing my world. Notice what he says to his disciples. I'm sending you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I guess I'm being sent. I guess I'm being sent. Come on, come on, come on. Say it to your neighbor. That's exactly right. He said, Pastor Mark, I didn't sign up for that. Oh, yes, you did. The day you became a Christian, your body is not your own. You have a calling on you. It's not about you. It's about being sent to change your world. Now, let me tell you, I'm going to a place where some of you will understand it. Some of you will be confused. So I'm going to clarify it right now. What Jesus is going to say in a moment is this. When I was sent, I had to be baptized, filled, and led by the Spirit. Now you're going to be sent. You have to be baptized, filled, and led by the Spirit. In other words, what I had to do to minister, remember, he operated as a man. You can't do anything without. But there was a problem. Before this, they were following Jesus, but he had never been to the cross Their sins were never paid for until after this. This is why he meets with them. So look at the next thing Jesus does to them. It's the starting point. It's the New Testament salvation. Look what he says. And with that, he he breathed on them. And what did he say to them? Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had been along the disciples the whole time. This is their New Testament salvation. At that point, he says, and the Holy Spirit went into the disciples. They received the Holy Spirit. See, this is when Jesus said, your sins have been covered. I've died for them. Now you can receive forgiveness and salvation. The Holy Spirit now lives in you. So the next thing Jesus does, now they have the Holy Spirit in them. Jesus never had to experience that because he was born of the Spirit. So he, now Jesus is going to explain to them the third relationship that everyone needs to have. And I'm going to go through quick, but you'll get it. Now watch what Jesus says. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you, overflows you with power from Washington, (laughs) D.C. 
How many like corrupt power from Washington, D.C.? Now, tell me where the power that's going to fill them comes from. Tell me. From where? From heaven. So what kind of power is that? God's power. It's not man's power. It's not man's training in wisdom. It's power. The I will send the Holy Spirit as my father promised. Stay here in the city till the Holy Spirit comes on you, overflows you with power from heaven. This is the third relationship. One convicted, two indwelt. Here's the third relationship. Empowered by the Spirit. You have to have all these relationships. He comes upon us as he did with Jesus in the water. The Holy Spirit came down upon him, baptized him. He comes and overflows us. Now, what is this promise, the Father? He says, just as my Father promised, when did God promise the Holy Spirit? Now, let me give you a little background. In the Old Testament, starting from the book of Genesis, we have God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Trinity's always been... Don't ask me to explain that. I cannot explain that. We know in the beginning when God was creating the earth, it said the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth. And then later on, early on, we hear these words, let us make man. That's how you and I got created. Let us. Who's us? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now watch me. In the Old Testament, finally when God chose prophets and kings and so forth, The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament came on very few people. Nobody in the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit in them. Very few people, and we actually in the Old Testament called it anointed. Remember when Saul was became king, when David became king, what did they do with the olive oil? Poured it on them as the anointing. It was the Holy Spirit. They couldn't lead. They couldn't lead without God's what? Power. Joshua, anointed. So if you lived in the Old Testament, 99%, 99.9% of us never had the Holy Spirit in us. We were never anointed. We just followed God's word. It was a very different lifestyle. So watch what this promise is. Very selective people in the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit pouring over them, anointed with them. And sometimes it was temporary as well. It was just for a sure period. Actually, Saul lost the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit departed from him because he went into sin. So watch what's going to be different. Here's the promise for the Old Testament. Now, you can see them in the Old Testament. They can't hardly believe this promise. It was given hundreds of years before Joel. Then after doing all these things, I, this is God speaking. I will pour out my spirit. What's the word? Hello, what's the word? Upon, overflows, epi, on who? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everyone? blew their mind. No one had ever experienced that. Is it going to be everyone? Yes. All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. Why was God making this promise? He was saying to this, and look at me, would you? Here's what he was saying. It's essential, absolutely necessary for every Christian to have the Holy Spirit come upon them and empower them for ministry. Not pastors, 
Not just certain people. Every single Christ follower. If you're a Christ follower, it's for you. It's not optional. It's essential. Because I can't accomplish what God wants me to do without the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus had already kind of been addressing this indirectly. This filling, instead of inward, is outward. It's going to come upon them to do ministry, to touch other people's lives. Get that. Inward, he's correcting us, keeping us, making us like God. This empowering is outward, to touch the world. So here's what I want you to see. Earlier on, we heard this when we studied the book of Luke. Here we go. John 3, John the Baptist speaking. John answered them, hey, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, speaking of Jesus, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What is John saying? Well, there was a time coming, a distinct experience, separate and distinct from being a follower of Christ, having the Holy Spirit in me. It's overflowing me. Who is the one that's going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit? Jesus. He's the agent. You see, the day you became a Christian, the day you accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit not only came in you, the Holy Spirit put you, he baptized you in the body of Christ. You know how many bodies of Christ there are in the world? One. All true Christians belong to one church. We even heard this morning. You see the news in Pakistan? Two churches bombed this morning during the night. Christian churches. 15, 20 people dead from murders. This morning. Happens every day. All over the world. Were those people in the one body of Christ? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jesus is going to be the one. He's going to baptize you. So when we pray to be filled, who do we pray to? Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So here's what you need to understand. The power of God is not equal to the ability of man. I can sit up here and shout at you and try to convict you. You see that on television sometimes. Weird stuff. Dancing all over the place. Fall on the floor and all those kind of stuff. Crazy stuff. Do you know how often God speaks? Still, small voice. But it's the power of God. Not the ability of a man. I have no ability to change your life. The power of God will change your life. Understand that. So, where's their confusion? Well, a lot of people say it differently. Don't ever get tied up in all the confusion. Chuck Swindoll won't exactly agree with everything that I've said, that I believe, that we believe. But basically around the world, we have lots of people that agree with that. Charles Stanley has a great book called The Spirit-Filled Life. Chuck Swindoll says something like this. It's one thing to be a Christian. It's another whole thing to be a spirit-filled Christian. You got it? You got it? Now watch what R.A. Torrey says. It's huge. If you want to get a book on the Holy Spirit, R.A. Torrey is one of the excellent. He says this, a man may be regenerated, born again, by the Holy Spirit and still not be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So see, it's, it's essential. We believe that Jesus Christ offers us a one-time baptism and then it leads us to the spirit-filled life. Staying under the Spirit, in control of the Spirit. Now, we'll learn a little bit next week. I'm not going to have a lot of time to get there, but we're going to learn next week when Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted. He's going to be tempted, and he lives there 40 days in the wilderness with no food. 
You say, well, why would God lead him in there to be tempted? What's he going to show us? Well, any of you been tempted last week? Can I see your hand? Don't raise your hand. You're lying. You're tempted to lie right there in your seat. Of course, we're all tempted. So what is Jesus going to show us? Watch this. He's going to show us that the power of God helps us to defeat temptation. It's not, I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. I did it. You've been there. Don't laugh at me. But the power of God can help us. So when you see that, you and I fail. So we have to be filled again. Paul says it. Keep on being filled. It's not one time. It's a one-time baptism. Many fillings called the Spirit-filled life. Now I want you to turn quickly to John chapter 7. When you get to John chapter 7, this is before Jesus goes to the cross. But he makes it a tremendous statement. John seven thirty seven. Watch this. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, there's thousands of people there, if anyone is thirsty, he's talking about spiritual thirst. Every person who's a sinner is thirsting for God. They just don't know it. They try everything to satisfy the thirst. Nothing will satisfy it. So Jesus said, now he's speaking to religious people. Religion will never satisfy spiritual thirst with God because it's a personal relationship. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to the Jewish religion. Is that what it says in your Bible? Oh, excuse me. Let him come to Calvary Chapel. Is that what it says in your Bible? Of course not. What's it say? Come to who? The only one, look at me, the only one that can satisfy your spiritual thirst is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing else will do it. And drink. If you like to write in your Bible, verse 37, just write this. Salvation. This is a picture of salvation. Every person without Christ has that spiritual thirst. Only God can quench it. When Jesus was talking to a woman at the well, who had been married five times, living with a man now, not even married, he said to her, basically, if you drink of this water, if you'll have a relationship with me where your sins are forgiven, you will never thirst again spiritually. So understand, this is salvation. Some of you need your thirst quenched today. That will happen at the end of the service. But that's not the end of the passage. Look at the next two verses, 38 and 39. Jesus says this, Whoever believes in me, as the Spirit has said, streams, promise coming, streams of living water will flow from within him or her. Wow, that was quite a message. We learned that once we give our lives to Christ, that our bodies are not our own, that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us to overflowing so that we can live successfully as a Christ follower. And then the Spirit continues to indwell us so that we can be empowered to present Christ to the world through our lives and testimony. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Please join us for the next installment as Pastor Mark unpacks more of the book of Luke, walking us through the life of Jesus with an emphasis on the way the Holy Spirit functioned in His life and how Jesus' devotional habits made it possible for the Spirit to do miraculous things through Jesus, and reminding us that as we purpose to be true Christ followers, the Holy Spirit can and will do wonderful things through us. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.